Jesus, you are so worthy of our praise this morning. God, we lift our hands to you. We lift our hearts to you and we come before you humbled and in awe of who you are. God, we worship you because you are worthy. God, we worship you because of how you have loved us. And this morning, at the beginning of a new year, we take time to set our eyes upon you. God, change our perspective. Reveal to us what you have for us in this new season. God, we declare that you are good and powerful and and able and willing to intervene in our lives this morning. God, we thank you. And as we look into your word this morning, we ask that you will challenge us, but also encourage us and remind us of how deeply you have loved us. God, we thank you for who you are and for loving us first. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray together this morning. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Come on now. Good morning. Better. Thanks, band. It's 2023. Who's had to write the date down already and written it wrong and had to do scribble the little three over the top of the two? Has anyone done that yet already? It just I reckon that happens for like six months or so. Like I'm just scribbling that little three back in over that two for so long. Or maybe not. Maybe we're excited to be in 2023 and you'll get it right every time. Does anyone get it right every time? Surely not, no. Close my eyes. I don't want to see anybody who's capable of getting the date right every time. Anyone still got their Christmas tree up? Yes, Mannings. Me too. <laughs> I think I win an award now, right? I put mine up first and now I'm taking it down last. Honestly, it's more out of just like procrastination that I haven't taken my tree down quite yet. The lights are off and the bottom third is undecorated, but that's due to my son just undecorating the bottom of the tree for me. Here we are, 2023. Uh, did you know there is uh, 10 sleeps until camp? Uh, there's 22 sleeps until school goes back. <laughs> Come on, parents. You're almost there. I'm on the home stretch. And, you can, and if you have a teenager, you can send them to camp for four of those days. So you're almost there. Uh, there and there's 355 sleeps until Christmas. <laughs> We're on the countdown. On the countdown. Hey, we're launching a new series this morning. I love uh, what a privilege it is to be the person who gets to start off a new series in the new year. We're kicking into something new, a new season. Uh, God is doing a new thing in 2023, and I'm so excited for the momentum we gained through, particularly through the end of 2022, and all that God has planned for this new season. We're kicking off, we're starting a new series, and I'm so glad that you're here for it. I'm glad uh, if you have been attending here for longer than I've been alive, and I'm glad if it is your first Sunday here. I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning, uh, starting the new year together in the house. Fun thing about the series, this week, and for the next three weeks, they all sort of have a little theme about them. They all sort of start similar. Um, So today, we're doing I'm Invited. So the series is called I'm in, and this morning is I'm invited, as in I'm invited into the kingdom of God, I'm invited into the family of God. And then next week, we have I'm invaluable, in that you are an invaluable part of God's work, Uh, you have a gift to give to the body and to what God is doing uh, 
in our church and in our community. You're an invaluable part of the, God, the work that God is doing. Uh, the next week will be I'm influential. Too bad if Pastor Brad wanted to mix up the order because you've all noted this down now, haven't you? <laughs> I'm influential. We have influence as followers of Jesus. Uh, we are created by God. We are salt and light. We have work to do uh, in this world. And so we are influential in that. And we are invested in the work that God is doing. So that's fun. Are you excited for a new series? Are you in? Like I'm in? It's like a funny little... Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're doing, we're doing I'm Invited. Let's get into it. I'm Invited. Have you ever um, not been invited? Oh, it's a bad feeling, isn't it? Like, you realise all your friends hung out on the weekend and you're catching up at, like, school on Monday and they're like, yeah, we, we went and we did this thing and you're like, oh, I wasn't invited to that. Or, like, in social media time, you see, like, all your favourite people are hanging out on Instagram and you're like, ah, uh, why was I not invited? Does everybody hate me? Or, be real, anyone in the room young enough to have be real? couple of like, yeah, right, I have it, hands. Uh, you see like three different people post their be real and they're all together and you're like, excuse me, my be real's just me here sitting on the couch with my cat and you're all out doing something fun together. It sucks, that feeling of not being invited. And as we get older, we, we come with some emotional maturity to an experience like that and we think it's not personal, <laughs> probably not. My friends are doing something, they run into each other, they start, there's some situation that meant I wasn't invited and it's not a it's not a personal thing. We can bring some good critical thinking to that. But it's still just like a oh, feeling. Uh, what about, though, when you are invited somewhere and when you get there, none of your friends are there yet? Oh, I reckon that's almost worse. <laughs> you know, like you show up somewhere and you're like, do I just sit in the car and wait till I see someone I know? No, no, I'll go in and you knock on the door or you walk into the venue and you do a quick glance around and you're like, honestly, I don't want to know. Ah, so either I'm first or I'm here with all the people that I don't know and then it's awkward and you're awkward and they're awkward and no one knows and it's just awkward until your friends get there. Whew. Thank goodness. I think that's almost worse, being invited somewhere and not knowing anyone in the beginning. Just, oh. <clears throat> We're going to look this morning at a story in Luke 7 about a time where someone... Uh, they weren't invited, but they turned up anyway. They weren't invited, but they turned up anyway. And how uh, maybe, maybe they were supposed to be there the whole, whole time and what we can learn from that. So we're going to look in Luke chapter 7. So if you have your Bible with you, anyone got an old school paper Bible, you can flick open your phone if it's not too distracting. I get distracted if I have it open on my phone. I think Alexis, who's doing projection like an absolute champion down there this morning, uh, it's going to put it up. Amazing. Uh, but while you're figuring all that out, let me give you some context. So uh, what we're about to read about is a party at the house of a Pharisee named Simon. I've been to a lot of parties in the last like month or so, everyone else, you know, like Christmas parties and like New Year's parties and this and that, like lots of barbecues and gathering together and enjoying our company. Pharisee parties were not like that at all. They were not fun gatherings of heaps of friends just hanging out and, I mean, they were eating food, and, and they, but what they, what, they, what they would do is they would gather together and so they're at um, Simon's house and they would gather up their other like very wise, very clever theological friends, and they would sit around in um, 
in the outer room and they would recline around the table together and they would leave the door open. And while they reclined around the table, they would, they would on a, a bit pretentiously, to be honest, would recline around the table and talk about different ideas and theological concepts and they would discuss different, you know, like that kind of party. And the, the kind of party where when you're a teenager, you're like, Mom, can we go home? That kind of party. That's the kind of party they're having. And they would leave the door open and generally around the building there would be like a, a veranda, porched kind of area. And they would leave the door open on purpose so that the people of the community could come and gather and they could eavesdrop and hear what was being said. So they're having this party together, sitting around the table, they're sharing a meal, they're sharing their very wise thoughts together. And, and Simon invites Jesus to come to this gathering as well. And so Jesus is there with them, reclined at the table, and the door is open, but the people outside are not invited in. Okay? And then we're going to read verse 36. This is what happened. When the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with them, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. And a woman in that town who lived a sinful life, that's polite Bible talk for she was a prostitute. She had learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house and so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. And she began to wet his feet with her tears and she wiped it with her hair and she kissed them, and she poured perfume on them. Now, straight away, the Pharisees are going to be thinking, this is not right. She is not supposed to be here. She is not invited. What is this late? Like, this is so embarrassing. We have Jesus here with us, and this lady's just walked in from outside, and she's crying all over his feet, and she's pouring perfume on him, and her hair is out. How embarrassing and how shameful, and we can't believe that she is here. In fact, um, Simon, it says, um, in verse 39, it says that he said to himself, sort of mumbled, if, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that she is an absolute sinner. I don't know, sometimes when I read a Bible story, uh, it can be really easy to think of characters like this woman as sort of a plot point. She's a little just moment in the story, I guess she's teaching us something, We'll unpack what that is. But Jesus always, with, with, with these different people that come in and out of the story, sees their humanity. He sees who she is. And so when we consider who she is, she would have been an outcast person. She would have uh, had very few friends. The women of the community certainly would not have been big fan, a big fan of her. Uh, she would have been shunned. She would have been lonely and isolated abused and mistreated her whole life. Uh, she spent her life feeling unloved and ashamed and never invited anywhere. Never invited anywhere. And maybe she felt like, I never thought I would end up here. You know, I don't know, like, any, like, sweet, innocent, five, six, seven-year-old girl who, who that that's, no, she didn't imagine that that's where her life would end up. I never thought my life would end up here, that I would end up in this situation, but here she is. And I don't know about you, but that's a statement that I can relate to. I never thought that my life would end up here. And maybe, uh, maybe through the end of last year and coming into the beginning of a new season, there's part of you taking stock of what has been and where you're at and what you're believing that God is going to do next. And you're thinking, I never thought that I would be here. 
I never thought that I would be here. I never thought that I would be estranged from my family. I never thought I'd be living paycheck to paycheck. I never thought that I would be addicted to alcohol or drugs or pornography. I never thought I would be the person in this position. I never thought I would be... I never thought this would be me. This is not what I dreamed or imagined. And maybe, maybe you've known Jesus for a long time or maybe you, you haven't met Jesus at all. But in the beginning of our, our journey with Jesus, we can be very like idealistic, like life is all good from now on. And as we journey along that path and as we become transformed, but also at times distracted, this, maybe you're now in a place where you thought this isn't where I imagined I would be. I didn't know that I would be grumpy with my children. I didn't know I would hate my job. I never thought that I would be the person who holds bitterness in my heart to my spouse. I never thought that I would be in this position, but here I am. And so I think in this story, we must position ourselves to have compassion for this woman the way that Jesus did. To have compassion because all of us can end up in a place where we think, I never thought I would end up here. And so here she is. I never thought that I would end up here. And she comes into a party she's not invited to and weeps before Jesus at his feet. And she breaks this perfume and and puts it on him. And two things about this perfume. One, perfume was expensive. Like, you're not just popping down to Chemist Warehouse and getting a 20% off sale. Like, not like that. Not a Boxing Day sale at Chemist Warehouse. Like, this is expensive. Like, a year of her wage. A year's worth of her work. And the reason that it was significant to her, one, it financially cost her a lot, but also it cost her a lot because uh, it, it was part of her business. So almost like a, um, a business card, right? Uh, men, not many women in the town would have been able to afford perfume. It would have been considered a luxury. So uh, for her, it was an investment in her business, right? And so she comes to the feet of Jesus weeping, thinking, I don't know how I got here, but I know that this is where I need to be. And she dries his feet with her hair, hair that in that time should have been bound up and covered, and she breaks the perfume and puts it onto him. And and, and what an incredible act of worship, for one. A, A year's worth of wage it cost her, and here she is just pouring it out. And also, symbolically, she's saying, this lifestyle that I have led until now, I'm willing to pour it out and lay it down and walk away from it. Because without it, you know, this is an investment in her business. Everything she's invested in her business, she's pouring on the floor at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus responds with compassion. Of course he does. He says to her, your sins are forgiven. And the others began to say amongst themselves, Who is this that forgives sin? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, and so go in peace. Just nothing about her was proper, but she had come to a place in her life where she she knew she needed change. I don't know about you if you've ever felt like that. (laughs) You're thinking, I never thought I would be the person who ended up here. I never thought that this is where I would be at, what I would be thinking, what I would be struggling with. But man, I know I need to change. I need something different something different than this life that I've been living, than, than these fleshly desires I've been chasing, than this selfishness that I have been living with. Can I encourage you this morning, come to the feet of Jesus. Take the example of this woman and come to the feet of Jesus. There's a, 
There's an exchange that happens in Luke chapter 7 that we also see mirrored. Uh, the same exchange happens in Matthew 11. So maybe it's a stretch, but maybe this is what she had heard Jesus preaching that day or, or around the town that week. Is in Matthew 11:28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe that's what she had heard Jesus speaking about. I mean, we can't be sure. But certainly, that's not an uncommon theme of Jesus and his message. And she hears that that word or, or that kind of idea, and she comes just very literally does what, what is said. She comes with all her brokenness and, and, and the risk for me is the thing, right? She weighs the cost. She's about to walk through a community who share no love for her, you know? She's shunned and they're shameful and abandoned into a room full of people who certainly judge her. And like Simon doesn't even do a good job of pretending like he's not. He just like mumbles under his breath. She sucks. She shouldn't be here. This is so embarrassing, right? Like That's the vibe of him. And she just doesn't care. She weighs what it is going to cost her, the embarrassment that it will cause her, the, the scrutiny that people will have toward her. And she walks into a room where she was not invited because she heard Jesus say, come. So another little encouragement as we trek through this, I just, if you have ever felt... If, if the church or a Christian you know, or if you have ever felt that you are not welcome here, you are. In fact, you're invited. And Jesus says, come, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, come, come to me and bring it to my feet. Bring it to my feet. I feel like there's two two camps of people in this story, right? Uh, And the first is one uh, where we need encouragement, I think. An encouragement to say, um, if you've ever felt you don't belong, you do belong here. This isn't a party that you weren't invited to that you're going to hear about on Monday morning that all your friends went to. The family of God is a place where all are invited. One of our values is the idea that, uh, that this is a home for all that there is room for people here, that we all have a seat at the table as we are all being transformed into a likeness of Jesus. Like, you belong here. And so hear me really clearly if you have any doubt. You belong here. You're invited. Come come to the feet of Jesus. It doesn't matter uh, who you are. It doesn't matter if you have felt unwanted. It doesn't matter if you have felt hurt. It doesn't matter if you have felt that someone did uninvite you. You are welcome and invited here. Jesus says, come to me, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me if you feel ashamed. Come to me if you feel unworthy. Come with your doubts and with your addiction and with your hang-up and with your baggage and with your past and with the things that you think other people will judge you for. Just bring it. Just bring it. You know, there used to be this, like, little trope of, like, just leave all that at the door. Please don't. Bring it. Bring it in and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lay your life at the feet of Jesus because he's, he's calling you, come, come to me, come to me and I will give you rest. 
And so if you have felt like 2022 or this season we've come through has been a heavy and hard one for you, or, or if you have never experienced the love of Jesus before, come. Come before him and lay it down. Come and he will give you rest. Lay it at his feet, just as the rest of us do. And, and experience his forgiveness and the unconditional love that changes us from the inside out. And so then for me, the second thing is the thing of challenge, right? So we have this encouragement, like, please hear, that is like my overarching desire that you hear this morning, come to Jesus. And, and like, if you have never experienced the love of Jesus, I would love to pray with you and, and talk with you about that and explain to you what it is to come into a relationship with him. But if you have loved Jesus for a long time and you have journeyed with him for a long time and you find yourself this morning in a place where you think, how did I end up here? I never thought I would be the person that is here. Then let me say to you this morning also, we don't graduate from this idea. Come to the feet of Jesus and don't think... Don't be like Simon, mumbling under your breath, judging others. Be honest about what is in your heart and don't think, well, I'm too, like, I've been a Christian so long, like, if I wanted prayer for something, then, or if, if I was honest, like, then people would, nah. <laughs> it's not about what people see, it's not about what people think, it's about you and your heart and your relationship with Jesus. So I don't care if you've been a Christian for two minutes or 70 years, <laughs> If you need to come back to the feet of Jesus, then come back to the feet of Jesus and he will give you rest. He will give you rest. All right, so then the second thing is a challenge, okay? I once heard someone uh, say, and I always talk about this like it's a quote. I don't actually know if it's a quote. I tried to like Google, like, who said this? I'm like, I can't find it. Somebody on this platform once said, and it has stuck with me for such a long time, if there aren't people in your Sunday service that make you uncomfortable, then the door isn't open wide enough then the door isn't open wide enough. So if you call this church home, if you're part of the family of SBC, then um, I want to challenge you, built on, on the base that we know we are all sinners who fall short of the glory of God and we are all called to come and lay our life at the feet of Jesus, then I want to challenge you and ask you a question this morning. When somebody comes into our community, whether it is on a Sunday morning or into one of our ministries or our small groups or our, are we self-righteously judging in the way that Simon did under his breath? Or are we humble enough to admit that we are all sinful, fall short of the glory of God and required to come and lay it down before him? It's easy to be like, yeah, of course, I'm gracious and I'm loving and I'm accepting. And this is a home for all. That's one of our values. So, like, I believe that. This is a home for all. Until someone that makes us uncomfortable comes in. Someone who um, doesn't dress like we dress on Sundays. This morning, my husband was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I was like, you're not wearing shoes. And he was like, no, 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 I'm ready. I was like, you cannot go to church with no shoes on. What are you doing? Right? And then I was thinking about my, this, this word, and I thought, should I have hassled him about putting shoes on? Because does it matter? I mean, like, we have, like, I like to wear my, but it doesn't matter. 
Not really, and we want to make that matter more than our eternity. We want to make that matter more than seeing people transformed internally into a likeness of Jesus. We want to make what they wore to church on Sunday matter more. How ridiculous of us. So if you call this place home, I want to challenge you. Are you a a Simon Pharisee quietly judging? Or are you swinging those doors open wide and ready to love whoever comes inside? And now, hear me, because some of you will be thinking this. I'm not saying it's like a free-for-all, just like everybody with all that, just like anybody can just say whatever they want and do whatever they want. But like we are all being transformed into a likeness of Jesus. All of us, you and me and... But can I tell you, I I think the difference between uh, some of us who've been here a long time and and people who come new to church is that we're just better at hiding our sinfulness. We're just better at putting on our church face. And so if this is a place that you call home, can I challenge you? Let's stop it. Let's stop it. Because if everyone is invited, let's open the doors wide and be ready for who will come who God will bring into our community. And further than that, I'm not just saying, like, let's not judge like Simon judged under his breath. Let's love and bring people to the feet of Jesus, knowing that he will transform them. But we have a responsibility to, to be... That, like, that's the bare minimum, to be nice to people when they arrive. That's the bare minimum. We have a responsibility to uh, reveal Jesus to people, to, let me give you some, like, practical, invite them over for lunch new people that we haven't met before, invite them over to, uh, to encourage them to join our ministries, to be part of the things that we're part of, to feel connected to the family, to take them out for coffee, to drop over a meal if we, like, <laughs> like not being a Simon and judging under your breath is the bare minimum of what it means to be creating a home for all. And so there's an encouragement to all of us this morning Come to Jesus. Come and lay it down. But can I challenge you as we head into 2023 and if if SBC, we believe that this is a home for all and we fling those doors open wide and we say, you are invited, let us actually be prepared for what that means. When a sinful woman walks in with her hair down and breaks a jar of perfume on the floor, weeping at the feet of Jesus, let us not be Simon judging Let us be a church that welcomes, embraces, encourages, and loves people into relationship with Jesus, knowing that he is the one that saves us, he is the one that changes us, and he is the one that makes us more like him. Yeah? That's it. An encouragement and a challenge to start us off for the year. A nice into the year. But what I'm going to ask you to do, the band's going to hop up, we're going to stand, and we're going to worship this God together. And we're going to pray together. Why don't you, you can stand now. We are all equal at the feet of Jesus. So let us come to him exactly as we are, whether it is our first time in a church building or our 5,000th. <laughs> we can come to him just as we are. going to pray and uh, maybe you could, I'm not going to do like a close your eyes and hands in the, but maybe if you did want to just close your eyes as we pray and I'm going to ask you to respond just in a, a small way if, if it's your first ever time hearing a word like this if you have never um, considered what it is to lay down your life at the feet of Jesus and experience that unconditional love that 
that changes us for eternity, then would you raise your hands toward heaven and ask God to speak to you this morning? If you've been carrying a burden for a long time and you're in a place in your life where you think, I never thought I would be here. I didn't think that this would be my story, but here I am, God. And you want to come to him this morning, then I ask you to just lift your hands in surrender and worship this morning also. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Reach out to him this morning. If you are judging of yourself or others in a way that is limiting what God is doing in their life and your life, your hands toward heaven this morning too and ask God to to reveal how much he loves you and those around you and how deeply he loves those who don't know him or have a relationship with him yet you can raise your hands toward heaven if you need a fresh touch a fresh encouragement to come come to the feet of Jesus then reach out to him this morning raise your hands toward heaven come to Jesus don't worry about people around you and how long you've been in church and what they might think of you or what they might assume you're struggling with just lift it up to him this morning declare that he is good that he is loving and that he doesn't think we're a plot point in human history he sees us and he knows us and the journey that has brought us here but also he sees what is coming next lift your hands to heaven this morning and ask that he reveals the next step, that he heals the brokenness, that he he directs your path. Oh, we are all equal at the feet of Jesus. We are all equals at the feet of Jesus. Great and powerful is he. God, I thank you this morning. Thank you that you are here. Your presence is with us. God, I ask that you remind us that we are always welcome at your feet. Whether we have been journeying with you for a short time or a long time, God, we are always welcome at the feet of Jesus. We give you glory this morning and honour. Thank you, Lord, for how you have loved us and how that is changing us. And God, we thank you for the people in 2023 who are going to come to call this family home, who are going to come into the family of God. And Lord, would you make us a church that is not just welcoming and friendly, but a church that is inviting people in, that is seeing lives transformed and people changed for your glory. Make us more like Jesus more loving, more forgiving. Lord, we thank you for how you are working in our midst this morning and we're going to stand together and worship you this morning for you are so, so good. We praise you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.